0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh we got those Hollywood sound effects. That's the sound for the heavens opened. Oh my gosh. Pixar, eat your heart out. Ha <laughs> ha. Viacom, Disney, have a drink of the glory. Amen? <laughs> Woo. So i got a couple verses to start out with today. I got so whack during that prophetic worship time. If you want to check out our drinking sessions of Joel's Bar, Drunken Glory broadcast, we do about an hour of heavy, heavy drinking in the Holy Ghost, in the river, in the third heaven, in the wine cellar, in the treasure house of the glory realms of the third heaven. And there's just nothing religious about it. So we just welcome all the drug addicts. We welcome everyone addicted to pornography. We welcome all the porn stars. We welcome all the hustlers. We welcome all the bustlers. We welcome all the children. I mean, come as you are, you know? Just come right into the Ark of the Glory. Come right into the heavenly realms. And you can tune in at joelsbar.tv, www.joelsbar.tv. My name's not Joel, my name's Brandon. Joel, they say that every day, Joel is the prophet of the Old Testament for Joel's army and Joel's bar. and Because Joel talked about the mountains dripping with new wine. And I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Joel chapter 2, amen? When Joel pours out his spirit... <laughs> or when God pours out his spirit written in the book of Joel how many of y'all know they were drunk and they looked like they were high looked like they have been smoking something And then in the Bible do you know that's in the Bible a lot of Christians or a lot of non-Christians don't realize that people were getting high people were getting drunk in the Bible on God there's ecstasies in fact Adam and Eve were in ecstasy they were the highest, drunkest, happiest people of all time, and they never had a negative repercussion before it because you're created to live in that glory realm of ecstasy. Do you know that? Now you do. The spirit of ecstasy is not the, you know, the hood ornament on a Rolls-Royce. The spirit of ecstasy is God in the Bible. That's his name. His name in the Bible is the Spirit of Ecstasy. In the New Testament, the book of Acts is called Ecstasis. Amen. That's the glory. The Spirit of glory. That's what love is. When God says God is love, He's not talking about just being nice. He's talking about Luke chapter 5. And when Jesus preached, they were all seized with ecstasy. That means they were all experiencing love. That's what love is. Ecstasy. There's no such thing as agape love that's not ecstasy. When the agape, when the new wine, when the third heaven comes out of you, how? By the rivers. John 7 38, out of your belly will flow the rivers of the third heaven. (laughs) Out of your river. (laughs) Don't come out of your river. In your river, you'll have ecstasies of the third heaven. Here's the issue. Our souls have departed from the Spirit River. That's Galatians 3, 1, bewitchment. That we started out in the river. You can only be born again in the river. You can only be saved in the river. You come to the river and drink. Amen? That's how you're saved. You drank the river and the Holy Spirit River, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit's only present on earth as the river. Where is that written? Revelation 22, verse 1. In John 7:38, and it's in a bunch of other places too, it says that in Revelation 7, the Good Shepherd will lead them to the springs of the waters of life. Do you have a Good Shepherd? He'll lead you to the springs of the waters of life. And guess what they're going to do? The good sheep of the Good Shepherd drink. Psalms 23, He rests your head in tender green pastures and by streams of refreshing waters. Have you ever seen a sheep that didn't drink? They'll die. If you don't have liquid, you'll die within three days. True story. You can only go 72 hours without liquids unless you're supernaturally drunk on the Holy Ghost. And Moses went 40 days, no food, no water. Jesus went 40 days, no food. 40 day dry fast. They must have been drinking the river. Obviously. Hallelujah. And i only do that if you get an unction from the Holy One out of your belly. Don't be lead in your head anymore. I'm so sick and tired of seeing people lead of their head and end up dead. If you're lead of your head, you'll end up dead. If you're led of your heart, you'll have a quick start. And you'll have a finish to the end, and your heart will not get sick by hope deferred. People are not led of Christ. Oftentimes, they're led of good ideas. They're led of good doctrines, and it's okay to have good doctrines. But you need to have a good river. It's the river of God that leads you. If you have any other leadership in your life except the river, then you're not really following God. You can't really follow God in any way, shape, or form unless you're in the river. Did you know that? Religion says you can follow God without the river. That's what Satan tells everyone after the born again. That's the Galatians 3.1 bewitchment, is come away from the river. You don't need the river. Now I'll teach you how to be good apart from the river. How many you know that's what Satan does? That's the only thing Satan's ever done to everyone that's been born again. And most people follow the angel of light that deceives. What does the angel of light deceive you in? A place where you don't drink. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the red letters, the only method of salvation that's in the Bible. The only one. Every single time Jesus Christ offered salvation, he offered a drink. If your gospel is not about drinking, I tell you what, you need to return to the river. Amen. It's not optional. It's the only New Testament, New Covenant Christianity that there ever has been and ever will be people that have all this stuff in their head theology doctrines I'm telling you it's the devil and you know it's the devil some of you don't know it's the devil some of you think it's still partially okay that you tolerate religion oh my gosh I look at charismatic Christians that are close but one fly ruins the ointment Ecclesiastes says you can you gotta get so free you gotta get challenge my freedom with your freedom I love it because I need more freedom, too. I ca- I catch myself every day having religious tendencies because it's of the flesh. It's the brain. It's the brain thinking, Oh, I can be trained now. I'm a good brain. I'm a good brain. My brain knows what to do. I've been good for years. and years. I die daily. <laughs> I'm not following you, brain. You can't deceive me, brain. I'm following the river. I'm following the throne of God and the Lamb. I- My Bible says the throne of God and the Lamb are in me. Luke 17, 21, that the whole kingdom of heaven is now in you, and I can follow with all my brain submitted to the greater one in me and repent from the weaker one, the religious one that's in the world. And I can get more undone and more undone from religion. It's actually going higher, is pulling your mind into Christ in you. We've been trying to do stuff out of our brain in the natural dimension. That's witchcraft. That's magic arts. So you're never gonna accomplish anything. You'll wear yourself out, you get frustrated. Half these people end up in psychiatric hospitals. I mean... oh, you ever been to a psychiatric hospital? Everyone thinks they're Jesus. Everyone thinks they're Apostle Paul. Everyone thinks they're Buddha. Everyone thinks they're Muhammad. 100%. Because religion is the spirit of madness. Religion and the red dragon is the spirit of madness, the spirit of insanity, that you are good apart from the river. That's what's wrong with the world. That's the curse of the fall that we're dealing with now by the throne of God and the lamb and the river. And what comes from the throne of God and the lamb? Honey and oil. Amen? Where is that written? I'm glad you asked. Deuteronomy 32:13. This is so important. The honey and the oil. So important. The reason why it's so important because it defeats religion. (laughs) And you have more honey and more oil than you know what to do with as long as you can detach your head from the flesh, from the outside realm, and attach your brain, your mind, your will, your emotions to the inside realm. You'll find God in your your inner man. You'll find God in your inside realm. You're not going to find God in your outside realm. You'll find Satan and his angels. 100% of the time. Truth, anyhow. And that's what's wrong with the world is that the Christians are bewitched, like en masse globally. But you'll find God when you return with all of your brain and give all of your white stone, all of your stone with a new name on it, to Christ in you. Okay? He's the stone the builders rejected or the soul the builders rejected. Chief and corner stone. What's the stone? We hear about the rolling stones. People know about stones. Secret societies know about stones. Stones are brains. Stones are souls. Now, a stone submitted to Christ in you is a white stone with a new name on it. How awesome is that? And you build upon the stone and not the shifting sands? Well, whose stone are you building on? Christ's stone, the chief cornerstone. Amen? Where? In your inner man, in your spirit, in your belly. Yes. He's the stone that all the living are built upon. He's the foundation of our salvation. And where is He? He's in your spirit. And you build upon the solid rock or the solid stone so that you weather the storms. Because when your brain is built and submitted upon Christ and not self, see, the reason why we turn into a white stone is because our heads are fully submitted to His headship. If our heads, if our stones are not submitted to His stone, then we're going to go lost. The storms will annihilate us. Earth is going to be a horrible place we we'll we be praying prayers like, Lord, take me home. I can't stand those prayers. Lord, take me home prayers. You're defeated? The only reason why Christians are defeated is because they haven't submitted their stone to His stone. The chief cornerstone. Where is he? The stone that we build upon. We build upon the solid rock. Rock is the stone. Amen. Glory to God. And when you build upon Christ in your inner man, you build upon the solid rock, you build upon the chief cornerstone in your belly, in your spiritual stomach, in your inner man, then no storm can ever shake you. You actually become the storm. You become a storm of glory wind. You become a storm of glory fire. You become a storm of Job 29.6. How about a storm of rivers of oil? You know, we talk about the negative all the time. Let's talk about the kingdom of heaven and the positive so overtaking the negative that we don't have anything to complain about. In fact, it's like when people complain, it's like a foreign language. It's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't heard negativity for months. I haven't heard a negative tone of voice for so long. It's like, kind of you want to tune in on it. I'd be like, oh, well, here's the glory. Here's the rivers of the oil, of the rock, of the chief and stone outflowing from my inner man. He has given us the anointing without measure to flow out of our spirit man, to build up our spirit into the same strength that makes God God. That's why it says put on the armor of God. It's not saying put on the armor of self. It's not saying put on the armor of flesh, but the armor of the Holy Spirit, the armor of God say, God, the armor of God. You're putting God, your father's armor on. Ephesians chapter 6, whose armor are you putting on? The doctor, the religious demons? I mean, you're putting on the armor that makes God, God. What makes God, God? Power. Glory and power. Glory and power. You can say love. Yes, God is love. But what is the love? It's the power. It's the power to stay in the high realm where you can't be offended by anyone's sin. Amen? You can't be offended by their disobedience. That's where we're going, into that realm, sealed in the third heaven on earth as it is in heaven by giving our brains to His brain. How many, how many of y'all know Jesus has a brain? Acts chapter 1, He ascended up into the glory cloud, and the Bible says the cloud took Him. So now He's the King of glory in the flesh, And that's so important because that gives God legal right to glorify Christ inside your flesh through your inner man, through your spirit, and through your brain and a waterfall like Niagara Falls through your flesh of a hundredfold glory. This is the hundredfold glory. It's the seven mighty torches of the seven lamps of the anointing oil. The Holy Spirit is seven blazing torches before His throne. Because the Holy Spirit does the works. The anointing of the Messiah did all the works. Amen? Jesus said it was the Father in Him doing the works. Jesus didn't do a single work. He said it was the Holy... That white dove that came upon Him at His baptism did every single work He did in His three-year ministry. Jesus didn't do anything. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Nada. Zilch. Jesus did not do one work. The Holy Spirit did 100% of the works. That's the seven torches before His throne, and that's the seven spirits of God burning through your inner man when you believe the Word. Where's that written? Christ in you. Christ in you. The kingdom within you. The river within you. It's all the Holy Spirit flowing out of you, and in the Holy Spirit is all angel power. You'll find that the deeper and the, and the more you submit your soul to His soul the more you encounter his power and his glory, the enemy will will go nuts around you because you're actually repenting. That's the repentance unto life, the repentance unto the river of life and going into where the source of the river is, and it's not out there. Uh Uh-uh. No, 0% outside, 100% inside. That's when you start walking in what Jesus walked in. That's sonship. You know, we've been infants in Christ, God outside-minded, infants in Christ, God inside-minded, mature ones. You cannot step into your destiny as an infant in Christ because you don't even know Christ because you have to know him on the inside. Jesus said, you didn't know me, but you did all the stuff because he had the outside anointing, the outside old covenant anointing that does the works, but that's not even what he was interested in. He's interested in the inside anointing, having your lamps full, your inner man full of the seven spirits of God, that your mind is fully yielded to the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ is the river of life. Hardly any Christians in the world have repented yet and entered into this, what I'm preaching today, entered into sonship, into maturity. Even in the prophetic church, even in the glory stream church, even the leaders that we love so much and we serve all the leaders, And we bless all the leaders and we bless their minds with fresh anointing to pull their brains into the throne of God in their inner man. That's when we're going to have unity of the brethren. Unity of the brethren is not an outside of 1900. It'll never happen in 100 million years. Unity of the brethren is only when everyone's soul is submitted to his soul. If your soul is not submitted to Christ in you, there's zero chance you'll ever be in unity in the spirit. God will never consider it unity. God will never consider it holy or any, any part of the kingdom. You'll have no rewards for it. It's all about submitting your soul to his soul. And he's not going to force you to do it. You have to come willingly as a living sacrifice. You have to willingly give up your will to His will be done. How is His will done? When my steps through rich pasturage were washed with butter and the rock poured out for me rivers of oil. His will is done when the rock in you, Christ in you, pours out the rivers of anointing oil. In another place, Zechariah says that we're the sons of the golden oil and that anyone who's sent has been given the spirit without measure. And you've been born of God, which means you have the Spirit of God out of your inner man, and the only way you get cut off is when a religious spirit comes in and says, your head can't hook back into your spirit. But Jesus died on the cross for the cleansing of our conscience by the sprinkling of his blood so that our brains would be fully connected to God inside our spirit. If anyone's in the Lord, they're joined to the Lord, engrafted to the Lord. That's what the Bible says. They're one spirit with the Lord. And if your head is separated from the Lord, it's because you're bewitched. So you have to return with all your soul to where God is. Not out there. Right there, in your belly. Lay hands on your belly and say, God is in me. The Father is in me. The Son is in me. And the Holy Ghost is in me. I want to go to this verse right now. Colossians 2.10. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Colossians 2.10 amplified. And you are in Him made full. You're made full. Your spirit's full. You can't get any more. All you can do is return your soul to your spirit and plug into your spirit and then you realize the glory. Oh my gosh. What have I been doing? I've been working on the outside. I've been bewitched. And so it's layer upon layer of bewitchment or layer upon layer of pride. Bewitchment's pride. Having begun in the spirit thinking you can do it with your efforts, your works, your strange fire, your, your, Dead letters, your building of sandcastles, your performance and your platforms, and all the stuff that's done in the name of Jesus when 99% of it isn't Jesus. Nothing done in the wilderness is Jesus. No. He brings you into the promised land, and God builds with what? With His Spirit. Unless the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit, builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. What kind of house is He building? With living stones, stones that are submitted to the chief and cornerstone of Christ in them. That's the only people he can build with, because no one else's soul is even submitted to him. They all say they're Christians, but their souls are not submitted to Christ in them. They don't follow Christ. They follow Jezebel, actually. That's why they persecute our ministry horrendously. We get messages, several messages a day. Oftentimes, several messages a day through different social media, emails, even sometimes text messages, all kinds of craziness. You would not believe what these pastors, what these leaders, what these people that look up, people look up to these people a lot of times. And you know what? All you can do is bless them. And I've been praying today. Everyone that's called me a false prophet will get gold teeth. You know, because the God of the flesh is money, and secretly everyone that attacks us, they're God's money, 100% of the time. That's why they get offended by money, because we're warring against the principality of, Je- principality of Jezebel, that self-righteous sorcery that steals from the money bag, everything that belongs to Christ that Jezebel steals from all the time, and they want to say it's about me, it's about my soul. How dare you make it about Christ? And they manifest, and they manifest poverty, they manifest religion, they manifest pride, and they murder the prophets every single day. And they say they're the real prophets, but they murdered the real prophets. How do you know? You know them by their fruit. They'll have no joy, you know? Or they'll have joy in their little clique, and if they're exposed to a greater glory, they'll they'll murder it. Because they don't want to actually grow. They don't want to submit to a greater authority. You have to stay childlike, otherwise you cannot be promoted in Joel's army. No one will break rank, it is written, Book of Joel. No one shall break rank. You can't break rank if your head is submitted to his headship. Now you can break rank when your head's not submitted to his headship because you're not even a Christian then. You're rebellious. You're like the fallen angels. You're like Satan and his angels. But if your head's submitted to his headship, you're a member of Joel's army. If your head's submitted to his throne, God can use you because you're submitted to authority. I am a man under authority, and I recognize your authority, that you are also a man under authority, the centurion said to Jesus Christ. Jesus was fully submitted to his Father's authority, And where was his father? It's the father in me. Out of his spiritual stomach. He saw God in him all the time, pouring out of him like a mighty river. That's how he could preach. The river comes out of your belly, John 7, 38. Because he saw it flowing out of his inner man, out of his innermost being, and springs. And the more and more he grew in it, the more confident Jesus was in his father's ability. You see him growing in faith. Jesus grew for three years. I believe he operated in the kingdom and the power and the glory in a three-year ministry, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And I believe we all also have to grow up in the same way Jesus grew up. Luke chapter two, Jesus grew. It says he grew in wisdom, and he grew in favor with God and favor with man. How many need favor with man because you're broke right now? Well, you need wisdom. Put Solomon's wisdom in, and then you get Solomon's wealth. And what's Solomon's wisdom? Wisdom builds her seven pillars, Proverbs 9. Amen. Which means there's stuff in you, robbing you, and it's usually the love of money. A lot of people that have the biggest callings to steward finances and to be billionaires, you have to give over, get over your covetousness, get broken in your heart, and get cleansed in your heart, get purified in your heart from greed, from covetousness, and from the world, and from the pride of life which has to do with possessions and material wealth, all of that has to be purified out of you. That doesn't mean you won't have 20 mansions. God doesn't care about that. He cares about idolatry, that He's the only God inside your inner man. See, we want to have all the promises, but God will not let us serve other gods and give us all of the stuff, because we'll just kill ourselves. He's a jealous God. Deuteronomy 4.24, our God is a jealous, consuming fire of love He's jealous for us to be the sole possessor of our spirits and our souls and our minds and the director of the courses of our life. That he wants only his anointing on our feet. That he puts his oil and butter right on our feet, so that his oil and butter, his prosperity, directs our paths. And all of our paths are in rivers of anointing, oil of prosperity. It's so important. <laughs> God will prosper his own plans for your life, but if your head's disconnected from your own spirit, well, you can only serve him in spirit because God's the spirit. What are you currently do? Serve him in the natural dimension? You're serving Satan and his angels. Most Christians think they're serving God when they're serving the angel of light that deceives. Satan and his angels are angels of the natural realm. God and his angels are angels of the glory realm. You're not going to find angels doing anything else except working out of the river. They'll rarely even leave the river, but they will because they don't want you to die. And people often leave the river and it's like, come back to God. Come back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is present as the river of life. We have departed in our souls so far from God. We have constructed entire systems that God didn't have anything to do with. And I'm telling you there are there might be people that are going to the river and bringing in water bottles. And so you're so deceived that well there's a touch, there's a drip, there's a trickle in my church. How about the gush of God? How about water gushing out of the rock? How about anointing gushing out of your inner man? How about your heart, your inner man, your spirit exploding with dunamis power, resurrection glory? By the glory of the Father, Jesus Christ of Nazareth was raised from the dead, Scripture says. The glory of the Father is the dead raising power that you're looking for. And all the riches are in glory. All Solomon's riches will come upon you as you sacrifice your lust for God and God's glory. John 17 says, Father, I have given them the glory. What? How many Christians say, well give God the glory, but John 17 says Jesus said, I gave them my glory. Jesus gave, Jesus died on the cross to put the river of glory back through your inner man so you could live out of God's ability. No longer alone in religion of the old covenant. The old covenant was, you're out here, God's out in space, now let's blood sacrifice and, you know, there's no perfect sacrifice yet to cleanse your conscience, so I can't live out of the river through my inner man, so I need an external anointing. The New Covenant does away with that whole system. There is 0% Old Covenant here. The New Covenant is we have the fullness of the river of life exactly like Adam and Eve had in the beginning before the fall. We've had it the whole time. Our brains haven't caught up because our brains are too much influenced by the Satan stars that fell from heaven. And the stars that fell from heaven are false, counterfeit Christianity. It's called Jezebel, the principality of the USA. We're dealing with it. That's why we're persecuted. If you, don't, if you don't touch and go after the false prophet, the beast, which is carnal Christianity, Christianity of the brain, Christianity of the hand, Christianity of the flesh, if you don't touch Satan's works and Satan's deceptions, you'll have no persecution. You'll just cruise through in life, whatever. Why does the path to destruction and many go down? Many go down it. The narrow path, people will call you every name in the book because nobody understands what you're doing because we walk by faith, not by sight. We lean our personalities and our understanding on Him, and He guides our paths, Proverbs says. We can't live out of our souls. We gotta live out of our spirit, and we have to trust God in our spirit to lead us into places that we don't know anything about. You'll never get one breakthrough by understanding it first, not one, ever. Only by faith can you please God. You have to trust the Word and believe and obey. And then you walk on water. You walk on the water of the Word, and the water of the Word turns into wine of the Word, and you start living in the treasure house. You start living in the wine cellar. I had to walk probably 10 years on the water of the Word by faith, obeying everything He said to me, before it really turned into wine in 2008 for me. I was a Christian already for 9 years, from 1999 to 2008, hearing and obeying blind faith, blind faith. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes and not even really that drunk having experiences having encounters a lot of externals a lot of visions very prophetic it was awesome but in order for the water to turn into wine i had to keep obeying keep listening keep believing and not even seeing anything yet you know and so seeing some stuff and we see a little here and there but it wasn't significant it wasn't the hundredfold glory realm it wasn't the promised land that's for sure and then about nine years in, after constantly hearing, constantly obeying, walking by faith, not by sight, then my water turned into wine. And once you're in the wine, it's game over. I mean, you're in the house of wine. You're in the kingdom. You're surrounded by the angels. It is so fun. It's, this is what you live for, to get into the house of wine. Song of Solomon two four. he brought me into the house of of wine, Therefore, his banner over me is love. It's the revelation of the third heaven's love. And the love of God is the glory of God. Hundredfold glory is 100% agape, undiluted love. Which means you can't be offended. Your love cannot be offended. If anyone can be offended, there's still pride in them. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you walk in perfect love, you are so messed up on the new wine all the time, People will always think you're high and drunk. That's how Jesus lived. They called him a wine bever. They called him a drunkard. They called him a glutton. He said, why don't your disciples fast? You, all you do is have fun. That's the goodness of God. That's the hundredfold glory realm. Christianity is all about that promised land reality. What do they do in the promise? land? just have fun. You want to stay in the wilderness and still be partially dead in your brain, being soul led, needing to understand before you walk out in faith? You'll die in the wilderness. You need to enter the promised land by faith and let God be your fun on earth. <laughs> and let God get you drunk. Let God get you out of your brain. Learn how to drink the new wine. Every single time Jesus Christ offered salvation, he offered a drink not one exception from Matthew to Revelation not a single exception in the Bible it's not there if your gospel is not about drinking the holy spirit drinking the river there it's not the real gospel and then you drink the river and you keep drinking until the pure in heart see God until all you see is the father son and holy spirit the throne of god and the lamb and the river which is the trinity and the fullness of sonship manifesting out of your inner man through your whole soul Out your mind and washing your outer man and your cup overflows, Psalms 23 that's the fullness of the Davidic anointing, that's the fullness of the Messiah's anointing, that's the fullness of sonship, full spiritual stature, that's what it is, when everything in you becomes the trinity and it's no longer you no longer performance, you can no longer boast about any work Cause it's the river. I mean you can't even see yourself. If you talk about yourself, you're only talking about the Trinity because you don't have a self anymore. People confuse it. It's like it's always boasting. I'm like, I, there's nothing else in there, you know? You get into the throne of God, you get into the throne of Lamb, of the Lamb, and you get into the mighty river that sparkles and crackles with fire of Revelation 22 verse 1, and you become a new covenant temple of the Ezekiel 47 River of Life that drowns everyone underwater. You don't have consciousness of self. In fact, we're removing consciousness of self. We're removing the curse of the fall. The days of Noah is when we so flood this world with the glory realm of God of the third heaven out of our innermost being and through our renewed minds that nobody lives apart from the glory of God. Everyone sees the glory. Everyone hears the glory. Everyone feels the glory. And most of you, if you stop smoking weed or drinking alcohol for one day, you get drunk in the spirit. Usually it's just one or two areas of demon possession in your life that cuts you off from filling the promised land Jurassic wine grapes. And you just clean up those areas of your heart life, of your inner man, and stop serving that demon of immorality, stop serving that demon of idolatry, You know, start trusting God, that God's got a better plan for your life, get it in the river, trusting, flowing, drinking, manifesting the river, instead of manifesting those demons all the time, manifest the river all the time. You're either going to manifest hell or you're going to manifest heaven. There's two rivers. There's the river of the red dragon and there's the river of light from the throne of God and the Lamb. Guess who wins? I mean, that's the climax of the ages. That's the maturity of the times that we win. The book of Revelation says the river wins. And if you want to start sharing in the victories of Christ, get your whole brain into the river. Out of your belly flows the river. How do you get your brain into the river? Believe for believers only. To say every word I'm saying is true. Yes, I agree. I put my hands on my spirit. I I feel the power. I encounter the power. I get taught of the heavenly realm. I get taught of the knowledge of the glory. I get untaught of all the stuff that's not from God. And I get taught from all the stuff that is God. Spend hours and hours in the Bible putting the word into your spirit. The word of God circumcises your heart and the word of God circumcises your mind. So you're not worldly. This is a word from the third heaven. Every word in the Bible is not an earthly word, but a heavenly word. And the more word you have in you, the more heavenly you are. I'm not talking about the dead letter. I'm talking about the living word. The river is a living word. Every word from the river is the voice of many waters. And it makes glad. (laughs) You'll know people that are in the river because they're always happy. Amen? The joy of the Lord's our strength, and the, and the joy of the Lord is an anointing oil that saves you. Lord, restore the joy of salvation, which means let us return our heads to the river, the river of joy, the river of love. Joy first, because we need it. We need the refreshment, and the joy will teach us how to love, because when you're happy, it's so easy to love. When you're sad and angry and depressed and poor, it's hard to love. It is. It's, it's hard to love when you're in poverty because you're always that envy of everyone that's got stuff and you don't got any stuff and you want stuff and you got bills and it, money is the number one thing Christians deal with. You can't be a real leader and not deal with money. It's a false humility, actually. It's demonic. Money is the main issue that people deal with in the natural realm and money is not evil. The love of money is evil. You need money to do everything in the natural realm and you have a body, so you need money. Okay. <laughs> all the silver and gold belong to the Lord. Are we in the New Covenant? Well, Paul says, have all the finances ready for me when I come to your church. Paul takes up offerings, literally every epistle. He says, and the workman is worth his wages in full and do not muzzle the ox as it threshes the field. I mean, the finances that the apostles deal with are constant. And it's false humility to tent make. You're not helping anyone by tent making because you want to establish the priesthood of Melchizedek. The priesthood of Melchizedek receives the tithes of spiritual Israel, and if we don't have the priesthood of Melchizedek, we don't have the kingdom. Then we don't have the glory, we don't have the power, we don't have the third heaven. We need to get back into the Bible and relearn everything we've learned and get into kingdom Christianity. And get into the power and get into the glory and get into what God's actually doing, what God's actually saying so that we can participate with what God wants to do on earth by the full submission of our heads to his headship. And then let us support it. Let us donate. Let us finance it. Do you understand in the Old Testament that everyone loved giving tithes? Everyone loved giving to Jesus. People were like, well, Jesus didn't take it after People loved giving to Jesus. They were giving to the Messiah. He was the Messiah. He was saving them. You know. And people that want to give, they can't give because they're broke. Prosperity will come upon you. God will give seed to the sower. It is written. It is one of the most grievous things to see the righteous poor. And I have. Now I know if you are consistent and you grow in the anointing and you let the river grow in you and you return with all your head to Christ in you, you can break out of any poverty. Penny and I lived in two different condemned houses. Two. I mean, we're talking the bottom of the dregs of anything. Literally, homeless bums. When we first met for the first couple years, homeless, living in condemned houses for the first two years, and we came up out of absolute zero. We still live in a crack house. We still live in the ghetto, but we've come a long ways. We've got a long ways to go. I have seen the anointing break poverty over and over and over and create wealth over and over and over. Testimony after testimony. The issue is you've got to stay submitted in your head to his headship. Our Father is a very rich Father. There are 12 gold mountains bigger than Mount Everest around the Garden of Eden. That's where you're born again. You are born again in God's Garden. It is written, you're a planting of God in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Delight. It is written. You're a planting of God. You grew up in the richest place. You were born in Zion, Psalm says. It'll say of these ones, they were born. Zion is the richest place. Zion is the place where all the finances are given. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches, that you pour your donations, you pour your tithes, you pour your offerings into Zion's glory, and out of Zion's glory, wealth is created. You will not have revival without economic prosperity. Without the prosperity of Abraham, the prosperity of Job, the prosperity of Solomon, the prosperity of David, the prosperity of Jacob, the prosperity of God the Father, the riches and glory, you can't have revival without economic prosperity. What are you going to do? I mean, these people are sad. Sad people aren't in prosperity. Sad people are not in revival. (laughs) And the anointing oil is the anointing of prosperity. It will change your natural realm. And if it doesn't, it's false oil. If it doesn't, it's snake oil. It's counterfeit. It's not from God. The real anointing from the rock of ages and the rivers of anointing oil always make glad, always heal, always deliver, always prosper, always set the captives free. And it's for all nations, tribes, and tongues. And we don't care what religion you are. We don't care what you believe in. its irrelevant. We want you to be healthy. We want you to be blessed. And we need to demonstrate that God is this realm as it comes out of our innermost being. And as our faces shine with this realm, and as the angels obey all the words of our mouths. And do it in Jesus' name. Angels, do it in their lives. Give them the breakthrough. Let them see the glory. Feel the glory. Have the economic breakthroughs they need. The prosperity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob come upon you all in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.